Welcome to the iHealth Podcast, a podcast for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health from Westchester, New York. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the iHealth Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Seth Schifrin. He's a sports medicine doc right out of Mount Kisco, New York. Um, really cool episode. A big reason why I reached out to him because he does jujitsu in his own time. And I feel like we wanted to come and educate the public on, hey, if you have injuries during jujitsu or any sort of sporting activity, you should find someone that knows your sport, knows you, and get educated because education's bet the best policy. As they say, knowledge is the best power, right? So during this episode, we talk a lot about Dr. Schifrin's past, how he got to where he is today. And we also deep dive into jujitsu and how to manage some jujitsu injuries and what you should expect and how to get back on the mat if you're off the mat. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you very much. So what's going on? How you doing? How's everything with the virus? Uh, it's, uh, it's tough, but, uh, making it, you know, um, for me, I'm sure for so many people, you know, like actually what we're going to talk about today, you know, I can't do jujitsu. I can't go to the gym, you know, and that's, that's hard for me. Um, yeah. trying to get by at home, but it's just not the same, you know, obviously, you know, are you guys like fully shut down? We're not fully shut down. Um, I'm seeing a minimal amount of patients. I mean, we're totally open, anyone that wants to come in, but we're getting very little. Um, and we're also doing the telehealth stuff. So if you have anybody who's afraid to come into the office, I can see them virtually. But even that, I haven't had a lot of call for it. It's hard because for some people, you just got to touch them, as you know, you know, for musculoskeletal medicine you know sometimes you just gotta be there and and with them so you know i'm you know i'm used to seeing 30 patients a day and i'm seeing probably five patients a day 10 patients a day. yeah that's that's wild so it's it's surreal um and it's hard you know because you know, you go from feeling overwhelmed, like, oh, man, I need a break to, oh, man, this is terrible. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't know. It's, uh, it's a big reason why I'm starting this podcast, too, is kind of just deliver knowledge to people. Yeah. I mean, anything that we could do to get word out and, and to be helpful for community, I'm happy with that. And, of course, you chose a topic that I uh, – very near and dear to my heart so uh, you know jujitsu and uh and medicine so those are two of my passions so i mean uh, yeah. this is easy for me to talk about those things you know <laughs> all right so before we just dive right into jujitsu uh, give me a little backstory kind of what exactly you do you know exactly Right. Absolutely. All right. So I actually don't do physiatry. I oh, do. No, sorry. That's okay. I do what's called primary care sports medicine. Um, the reason I say that is physiatry is its own residency. So I didn't do a physiatry residency. So 
the way I got to it is so uh, after graduating medical school, I was thinking of becoming a generalist. So I actually did a residency in something called uh, MedPeds, which was internal medicine and pediatrics. Um, so I'm trained as a general internist and a general pediatrician originally. And then I did an extra fellowship for a year on sports medicine. And, you know, basically as I was getting towards the end of my residency, I was like, you know what, I really do think I want to specialize. I was looking at what I liked. And of course, I've always been, I've never been an athlete, <laughs> but I've always been very interested in sports. And I was also very interested just in musculoskeletal and the exams and in the way that you diagnose the problems, the types of problems. And so mm -hmm. I did a fellowship in sports medicine. And so now what I do is, you know, what I would call non-operative musculoskeletal medicine. So I, you know, I think a lot of people misunderstand when I say sports medicine that they think it's uh, only athletes or something like that, which couldn't be further from the truth. I <laughs> see very few athletes in some ways. Uh, <laughs> I see a lot of people who have musculoskeletal problems. And uh, of course, in this country, the main cause of musculoskeletal problems is quite the opposite, is not being an athlete, is uh, sedentary nature. And so I see a lot of arthritis problems. I see a lot of overuse problems or posture problems, work-related problems. So uh, all of those things. I certainly do see sports problems. So I was just kind of kidding about not seeing a lot of them. But, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a range of people. I... The youngest I've seen is, you know, six-week-old baby who had birth trauma, and the oldest probably about a hundred. So I mean, I see, oh, wow, wow. I see everything, you know, a little of everything, you know. Um, yeah, I do simple fractures. Any more complex fractures, I send to the surgeons. I see a lot of overuse problems, and then a lot of acute injuries, and then a lot of arthritis is is mostly what I see. That's that's really cool. What is, what is a, a, general a general assessment, assessment for you? Like, say, say someone's in knee, knee pain, like, how do you kind of structure Look at them. Right, sure. Um, so let's just take knee pain as an example. That's a great example. It's one of the most common things I see. Um, and, and of course, the first, my first thought uh, when someone comes in with knee pain is, is this an acute injury or more of a chronic condition. And that helps me kind of, kind of go down the right path. So in all of medicine and, you know, musculoskeletal medicine is no different. Um, the, you know, the history is like 70, 80, if not higher percent of how you make your diagnosis. And then of course, uh, coupling that with physical exam and really the tests are, like the last 5% of things. So um, so like I said, so you take something like knee pain, I'm trying to differentiate, was this an acute injury? Was there a moment where you twisted and felt a pop? Or was this more, I'm I've been running every day and trying to get healthy and uh, I started developing some mild pain at first and now it's gotten worse and worse, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I do my assessment. Um, and then of course, like a, you know, like a detective, you know, asking questions like, where is the pain? Like how, what kind of pain is it? Is there any associated swelling, any instability, you know, um, those kinds of things. So that's, that's kind of where I go. And then of course I do my physical exam to try to confirm 
my uh, impression from the history, and then, of course, order tests appropriately, hopefully, uh, to try to make a final diagnosis. Great, great. It's very similar. How do you really find that we have the same issue? Or like, or like, I'm really proactive, but I would, I would classify the kind of orthopedic medicine. So, how do you define that? Right, right. So, um, there is a little difference. There are orthopedic sports medicine doctors, but they're more surgeons. So, they are mm-hmm. sports medicine, but they're surgeons. I'm not a surgeon. Um, and so, like I said, how I would define sports medicine is. I would say I do non-operative musculoskeletal care. That's how I would define it. Okay. Very fair. I like that. All right. So thanks for that. Let's uh, talk some jujitsu because I know, like we said before, it's a passion of yours and kind of becoming a passion passion of mine as well. All right. You know, I, think, you know, I think great, great. Um, obviously, going, going, just, don't, get, don't, don't get hurt. 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 Uh, about 14 years ago. Um, and I am, uh, you know, I, I think the way my martial arts journey started is different than a lot of other people. So, you know, I was not really into martial arts as a child, uh, where most people kind of start martial arts. I never really did any martial arts as a child. And it wasn't until I was in medical school um, and actually, one of my close friends in medical school uh, was really into Jeet Kune Do, which uh, is Bruce Lee's martial art. And okay. Okay. one of the things that Bruce Lee was very um, into was take what's useful, discard the rest. You know, so um, a lot of martial arts are very focused on form and you know, this is the way we've always done things. So this is the way we're going to do things. And I would say, I don't want to fault any martial art. I love all martial arts. There's lots of different reasons to do all different martial arts. So this isn't a knock on any martial art, but, um, in terms of Bruce Lee's philosophy, it was very much like take what's functional, discard the rest. And so he gave me a, like, we would just, the two of us would just mess around. I wouldn't even say I was really like, you know, doing anything at that point. He was teaching me a little bit of Jeet Kune Do um, and, you know, we would focus and one of the things he had just taught me was a little, very little bit of grappling and I immediately loved the grappling. But then we were in med school, we are busy, didn't really pursue it much um, and then as I did my residency, I was kind of busy and then when I finished all my training, I actually got a job in rural Pennsylvania. I used to work in like this tiny little town in Pennsylvania. And I was, you know, interested in pursuing something like that. And I found a Taekwondo school. So I started doing some Taekwondo and it was good. 
Um, and I liked it, but you know, I really wanted to do the grappling. It, it, it had always appealed to me. And then I found this guy who's just doing it in his garage. That's where I started 14 years ago. He was a wrestling coach who had learned a little bit of jujitsu. Excellent. Uh, Denny is an amazing <coughs> grappler. And, you know, he had wrestling mats and twice a week we'd meet and just like beat each other up in his garage, um, <laughs> which is like a funny ho- hobby for someone who's 31 at the time. So I started when I was about 31 and the doctor and everything else like that. But I was working with like 18 year old kids and uh, those kids have grown up now and have their own kids. But at the time, that was that was how I started. Um, and I, you know what, I think as you know, since you've started doing jujitsu yourself is, you know, you walk into a jujitsu gym and you train for the first time and everyone gets beat. You know, like everyone just is amazed by the fact that this like person who's half your size is destroying you. Right. And, you know, most people would probably be like, Oh, I want to get out of here. But then there's those crazy few like us that say, gosh, I got to know how to do that. You know, like, how is this person able to do that to me? I need to learn that. And that was me. I was immediately um, drawn to it. (laughs) I love, you know, obviously me being a doctor, I'm very, you know, science oriented. I find jujitsu to be so scientific. It's Mm. so technical. Mm. And you know, there it's so much like I'm so into the little details and the techniques and how how things work and how if you move your hand two inches to one side versus the other, it makes such a difference in your technique. And I'm drawn to that. I'm also drawn to it's a very problem like or I'm sorry, solution oriented system. It's kind of like <laughs> You know, if you take time to focus on how bad the situation you're in is, you're probably going to lose. You always have to be, no matter how bad things are going in your jujitsu, which of course is not bad. It's just, you know, obviously you feel it that way. But no matter how difficult of a situation you're in, I love the fact that you're always thinking about, okay, what do I have left? What can I still work on? And if I haven't tapped yet, that means there's still a place that I could go to get into a better position than where I am now. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like it's something that you could do for a life, like 10 lifetimes and still not get to it, uh, know it all. And there's constantly new stuff being done and everything. It's just, it's just really fun to me. It mentally and physically challenging, you know? Yeah, I totally Yeah, I totally agree. It's very it's much like, very much like, like a chess match. Like a chess match. It, it really right. is. It, the funny thing is like people who've never done it probably might have an impression of it being a very like macho physical and it's so not that to me. Uh, I'm sure it might mm-hmm. be that way to some people in some situations, but it's so the opposite to me. Yeah, it reminds me of a funny story. So I started training jiu-jitsu and I did a couple competitions and my wife was really worried and she was like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm worried about you. You're going to these competitions and stuff. And I was like, well, why don't you come to one? And she came to the competition and her impression in her mind, I think, was it was like this big macho thing where people were like grunting at each other and ready to like rip each other's <laughs> arms off. And she left and she was like, oh, it was just boring. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I was like talking to the people before we went out and competed against each other. I was talking to them afterwards. I was like, these are jujitsu people. I yeah. love these people. I, I don't have anything against them. When we compete, it's it's really just to make each other better in a lot of ways. So, I mean, like she took away. She was like, okay, I'm not afraid anymore. You know, I mean, injuries can happen. Sure. And of course, we're going to talk about that. Um, and I think injury rate is higher in competition than it is in training. But, yeah. you know, I don't – I think at least in my experience, I've had so few situations where I felt the person was really trying to injure me. They're trying to win and I'm trying to win and sometimes injuries happen. But injuries happen in any sport. Um, and I really find mm-hmm. the jiu-jitsu community as a majority – now, of course, you know, there's people – bad apples in every bunch, but – as a you know, majority of the people are really in it for the right reasons and out just to kind of learn and and have a good time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you still act? Do you still act? Um. So my last competition was in November. So yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, I do compete not too often and. Every time I compete, I think, you know what? I'm done with this competition thing, and then I go do it again. Um, so I'm not a – I'll be the first to say I'm not great at jiu-jitsu. I'm not a great competitor. Um, I lose more than I win uh, by a lot probably. But I enjoy it. And I think you know the thing about competition in jiu-jitsu is you certainly don't have to compete in jiu-jitsu. Like you could do jiu-jitsu and have a very fulfilling – you know, jujitsu career without ever competing, just like training and learning. I think when you compete, it focuses your training. Um, and so for me, it's not so much about winning or losing, <laughs> but it's really about like preparing and being like, okay, this is my game plan. These are the moves that I really need to work on. This is if I'm, you know, having an answer in in most positions and then just really like judging yourself because you know i'm sure that you know joe how long have you been doing jujitsu uh i've been doing it for like two years so you know like you start and you feel like you're not making any progress and the reason you feel that way is because everybody that you started with is also making progress so it's like you know it's Mm -hmm. like those like when you're on a train and they both start moving you don't know which one moved or which one you know what i mean it's like everybody's moving yeah and everyone's getting better and then when you and of course every time you get like a new belt you feel like okay i don't deserve this belt i'm not i'm not ready for it and then you compete and you're like okay even win or lose, like, okay, I lost that on points, but he wasn't, this guy wasn't dominating me. I didn't, it wasn't like I had no idea what to do and he just, you know, rolled over me. I was able to work with him and he was, you know, and he won, but I don't feel like I'm so much worse than it. I feel like I'm in the right place, you know? And I think competition yeah. does that. Yeah. You know, for some people, I've told them, I was like, you know, competition, especially if you're one of the smaller people or one of the younger people or older people or like if you're an outlier, like if you're not the 25-year-old, 180-pound like athlete, mm-hmm. competition is mm-hmm. the only time you're going to go against people your size, your belt rank, you know what I mean, your age. You know, when you – like I'm 45 and I'm – when I'm in training, I'm training with 20-year-old kids, 22-year-old kids. And 
you know, it's hard to keep up with those guys, you know, and more power to them. They're, <laughs> they're doing great. But when I compete, it's like, okay, this is what it feels like to go against a 40 year old guy. Cause there's aren't not that many 40 year old guys that are training, you know? And so yeah. you get a sense like, okay, yeah. I I'm hard on myself cause I'm losing to these 20 year old kids. And I feel like I've been training longer than them. I should know more. And that's ego talking. But then you, you go against people in competition and you see that, you know, you're where you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I competed once so far and I'm a big fan of it. Just a big fan you're of it. Really, just fear, fearful really. That, like, fearful that, like, same way, like our hands, I'm sure you're the same way, like our hands. Yeah. No, there's lots of reasons not to compete. Um, and there are a lot of good reasons not to compete. And like I said, I don't think that competition is the end all be all of jujitsu. Um, I think everyone should probably try it once. Um, just Mm -hmm. like you did just to know what it feels like. And also just to be, to realize honestly that all those nerves, everybody feels it and you get over it, you know, and then you realize that it's not the end of the world, but you're right. I mean, there, like I said, there is increased injury risk. There's, there's, you know, some people just don't like it. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, but I do think it's great that you did it once and, you know, cause I think that that, you know, like you said, you, you get over the nerves and stuff, you know, totally. I, I, totally. I, I guess it's, the, I guess it's the, 30. It's not as competitive as the under 30. I guess the under 30. Yeah. There wasn't many competitors in class. It was a little less stressed. It was a little less stressed than the guys. Kind of looking at the guys who were competing at that higher level. Going out at each other. Going out at each other. Right. Yeah. But it's a competitive spirit. But it's a competitive spirit. To be able to test your skills. Like, hey, where am I? Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about it. I have to say, like I said, a lot of times when I'm getting ready for a competition, it's less fun to go to the gym. It's more, it feels more like a job. And Mm. that's the one thing Mm. I don't like about college. It's like, I don't, I want it to still be fun. Um, And in a lot of ways too, when you're competing, you're really hyper-focused, like I said, on your game plan on a few moves. But a lot of what I just love to do at the gym is just experiment. Do like, oh, I saw this on YouTube. Let me see if it works, <laughs> you know? Like, and that you're not going to probably do in a competition. Whereas, like, you go into training with your training partners. If you do it and it fails miserably, so what, you know? So, yeah. How many? Say that again. I'm sorry. How often do you go? Uh, when we're not in a global pandemic, uh, about four to five times a week. Okay, that's all. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, that's all. Awesome. I'm, I'm pretty into it. When I, you know, this is the longest by far I've ever taken off. You know. How does that feel? Terrible. How does that feel? Because I know I miss it. You know, I yeah. can No, it feels terrible. It's 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 like feeling like my arm got cut off. I I feel like the. <laughs> From a body standpoint, it's funny because a lot of jujitsu people are saying this. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like, whoa, I didn't realize what it felt like to wake up and not be in pain. But, you know, from that point of view, it's like, yeah. oh, my shoulders don't ache anymore. This is crazy. Because, I mean, I do jujitsu, and in order to train for my jujitsu, I do CrossFit. So I yeah. do both of those. Yeah. Those are both really hard on my body. 
I'm way too old to be doing these things, but I just like it too much. Um, you know, I'm not a golfer. You know, people ask like about golf. I don't golf, you know, that, you know, the stereotype of the doctor who goes out on the links and golfs and stuff. That's not me. I do jujitsu. Um, so like for me, this has been like on the one hand, like I said, my body feels the best it's felt (laughs) in a long time, but my mind is, you know, like I, like I said, it feels like, uh, missing an arm or something, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah. No, I totally get that. This is a good segue. This is a good segue. When you are training that, to maintain that, going in your body, because both those things you do do Yeah. Yeah. I'm not always so, I'm not the best example for my patients, to be honest, um, in terms of what I do. <laughs> I, you know, I think, you know, it's, like everything else, balance is so important. And you need you need to maintain your mobility. You should be doing regular mobility training for CrossFit as well as for jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, and I think uh, the other thing is listening to your body and making sure that you're not, you know, overdoing it. I do think, you know, doing strength and conditioning is very important, as you know, Joey. And, like, I mean – I'm a big proponent. I know people might say that, you know, oh, that's too much. You're doing CrossFit, you're doing jiu-jitsu. But I feel like if you do things in good form, you know, lifting the weights, getting stronger, getting more fit actually protects you from injury. Uh, obviously, you have to be careful that you're not injuring yourself while you're doing that. So I think there's definitely a balance there. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, as you know, too, you know, you really have to understand the difference. Like I made those jokes about my body feeling great. But – you have to understand the difference between soreness and injury, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. I think soreness, you know, it's funny, like it, I'm sure you've had the same experience. Like if you've ever like lifted weights before and you take some time off and then you go back to lifting, the first day you feel so sore and the most important thing you could do is go back the next day and lift anyway. Because if you give in mm-hmm. to that soreness, you could get tight and the soreness will last forever. And if you're sore from lifting and not injured, and like I said, I want to make a big distinction. If you can't understand the difference, you really have to be able to kind of feel that. But if it's muscular and if it's, you know, and if it's just stiff and sore because you lifted and you used your muscles in a way that you've never used them before, getting back out and moving again is the best medicine for that because it'll go away. And you'll feel like it'll loosen up. And mm-hmm. if you start moving and it doesn't loosen up, that means it's probably injury and not soreness and you should stop. But if you're really like – like I don't know if you've ever done like heavy squats before and then the next day you can't hardly walk. But then the yeah. best thing you can do is just yeah. go through it because then eventually it loosens up. And like I said, like if you go back and then the next day you're doing – you're back to the gym and doing things – yeah, actually, like, you'll loosen up and, and it'll go away a lot quicker, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, yeah, absolutely. It's a good piece of knowledge there. Because a lot of people, too, are doing the difference between like something serious. I mean, I think one of the things, and of course, there's no easy, oh, this is, you know, good versus bad, but, I mean, obviously you have to understand your body and listen to your body, but... As you know, um, you know, if it's in a joint, that's not such a great thing. If it's in a muscle, that's usually okay, you know. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. understanding where pain from your joint comes from and then, you know, joint pain 
means you're probably not doing something quite correctly, you know, whereas if it's in the muscle and like kind of stiffness and soreness, then that's usually probably just means that you moved in the muscle in a way that you haven't done in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. What are some major mm-hmm. What are some major red flags what should be red flags especially people yeah. So, I mean, obviously like we talked about from the beginning in terms of how I, you know, look at a patient, you know, you got to look at things that are chronic versus things that are acute. Acute things where you do something turn the wrong way, don't tap in time, that sort of thing, that you got to take seriously. You know, I, I feel like I I think you're you really need to check that out if you if something like that happens. I mean, in my experience, and I don't know, like you said, you've been training uh, for a while as well. I feel like of all the things, submissions, people not tapping in time, obviously it happens and that's especially true in competition, but you know, that's actually the vast, the, the minority of the injuries that I think people get. Um, usually when someone gets an injury, it's like in a transition or something like that. Because usually if someone has a submission, they know it and they're going carefully with it and most people will tap. Um, you know, I guess it does depend on the gym and some people have egos and stuff. But for the most part, if you're caught in an arm bar, you know you're caught in an arm bar and you know it's coming and you're going to tap. It's usually when you're yep. trying to pass the guard and you put your hand down awkwardly and the person turns in a way you didn't expect. Those are the injuries that I see more. And um, yeah, if that mm. happens, if you have something and it's acute like that, then that you got to take seriously. Um, things that are slowly progressive, you want to take it seriously. You want to address it, but it's not, you don't have to like necessarily stop. You could sometimes train through that and just address the mobility issues or address the, you know, relative weakness, like stabilizers. And, you know, I send them to someone like yourself that, you know, can work on those kinds of things. And a lot of times you can certainly train Mm -hmm. around that. You know, I think uh, if it's if it's more of a chronic thing, if it's an acute injury, you really should take the time to rest and let it um, let it get better. You know, yeah, what are like the top? Yeah, what are like the top acute injuries coming to the office? Um, yeah, so I I would say in jujitsu, the things that I've seen the most are shoulders and necks. Probably would be the two most common issues. Um, and like I said, of course, you'll see, I, you know, the elbow soreness from someone that didn't tap in time gets uh, their arm bar, gets the elbow hyperextended and stuff. But in terms of like <clears throat> the numbers, I would say probably shoulders and neck. And then if no gi, of course, you got to add, you know, knees, unfortunately, from the heel hook game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But those are usually mm. acute and unfortunately yeah. pretty bad injuries, you know. Um, yeah. Because yeah. uh, once again, that that's one of those things where, you know, and uh, don't get me wrong, you could do a whole podcast on whether there really is any increased danger to to leg locks as as there are to any other submissions, and you know, there's obviously points on both sides with that, and I, I think. You know, obviously all submissions can be dangerous if they're not done correctly and stuff like that. You could argue that. But, um, you know, if you're talking about gi jiu-jitsu, I think neck injuries are pretty common. Thankfully, 
Um, serious neck injuries are pretty uncommon, but I have seen that. But uh, neck injuries are pretty common. And then like uh, shoulder, like rotator cuff tendonitis or strains and those sorts of things. Okay. What kind of neck injuries? Okay. Like, what uh, kind of neck injuries? You're seeing like a uh, herniation? Yeah. So – most of them are going to be just muscular strains, um, so thankfully. But yes, I've seen herniations. I've seen facet syndrome. Uh, one of the most serious cases, a friend of mine, a training partner, and this is, of course, not a neck injury exactly, but um, he got choked, and unfortunately, this is one of the rare, very serious injuries. Um, they believe that the choke tore the inner lining of his carotid artery and he ended up having a stroke. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's one of my training partners. Oh and, uh, you know, so. What's that? That happened on the mat. That happened on the mat. There's no way, of course, to 100% know that, wow. but he was a 40 year old guy with no risk factors who he was training. It was actually, I remember it was a few years ago on the 4th of July, they had an open mat. I wasn't even at the open mat, um, but I guess he got choked. Didn't think much of it. You know, obviously, we all get choked. It was, a, I think, a gi choke. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few hours later, he was at the park with his family and started feeling dizzy and kind of out of it. And they rushed him to the hospital and he had an um, acute thrombotic stroke. And they wow. believe that he had a tear wow. of the intimal lining of his carotid. So that's probably the most severe, of course, injury that I've seen um, that I personally – been associated with um you know of course if you go on to like reddit or youtube or anything you can see some of the catastrophic you know there's been uh, there was a recent fairly recent case where uh a guy in russia tried a uh, flying triangle which is a really dangerous submission to do and landed on his neck and was paralyzed but um oh my goodness it's oh like it's going around like all the message boards and stuff. But that's a pretty thankfully rare thing. And obviously, you know, don't jump. You know, a lot of the competitions now preventing people from jumping guard, which I think is good and flying and making flying submissions kind of illegal unless it's in like really high level people that know how to land properly and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the neck injuries I see, thankfully, it's just like. It got cranked because they were in a triangle and the guys like pulling hard on their neck or they were trying to to roll like invert and they got and they got stacked on their neck instead of on their shoulders and stuff like that, you know. And those are usually minor and you know, will go away with just a little rest and rehab and stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Really what are some ways to really teach this population to guys, teach this population should be managed the correct way? Because I don't know if you're gym, but when someone gets hurt, as a PT, I'm like, you got to just get PT to like in a position. It's kind of like India out there. Yeah. So how are some? I feel the same way. You know, I mean, I think you know if you. You know, being a sports medicine doctor, I have a little perspective on this because I see, you know, obviously jujitsu is near and dear to my heart because it's what I do. But I see athletes from all different sports and every sport, it's the same mentality. Athletes really do have that kind of mentality where 
it's like, you know, if, if they can push through, they will. And like I said, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's mm-hmm. not. Um, and so I feel like if you ask dancers, like they'll do the same thing. Or if you ask gymnasts, it's like the same thing. Or, you know, equestrian, you, you name the sport. It's like you see people who will just push through things and you're like, how are you possibly pushing through with that? Like, why are you doing that to yourself? Um, but it's in that athlete mentality where, you know, like it's funny because the main problem in this country is that people don't exercise enough, right? Are really sedentary. But then you have this population, which like me, I'm one of them. Like, uh, I'm like going crazy because I can't exercise. You know, I can't go to the gym. I mean, I can exercise, but can't do what I like to do. And so like, you know, we're kind of addicted to it. Um, but you know, you, you think about it, it's like, it's, it's, kind of like the opposite of a, you know, you, uh, you know, you see the average person they come into your office and like, if you ask them to walk for 10 minutes a day, it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. But then you have like this athletic population. Like I said, it really, the sport isn't as important. Cause like I said, I, I know athletes from any sport that'll be like, you just don't understand. It's funny because they don't, you know, I, I, obviously a lot of times when a patient comes in to see me, they don't know what I do. They don't know me personally. So they'll say, well, you just don't understand what it's like to be in a sport. Like I wouldn't call myself an athlete. I'm terrible. But um, but like I understand because I am the biggest idiot of them all and I'll train through a lot of stuff too. Um, But, you know, like you said, I think the the, you know, it's an education thing. And I think also being realistic with people. One of the big things that I'll see, you know, it's funny is like. Like let's say football players, for example, right? I see a ton of football players in like end of November, early December. Why? Because it's right when the season ended. And they didn't want to come to see me while the season was going on because they were afraid I was going to take them out of their sport. So I think we as doctors, Mm. as physical therapists and stuff, I think in general we are very conservative, which of course we kind of have to be for a lot of reasons – but I think that message to the athletes, you've got to try to work with them. So I think if you tell a jujitsu guy, you got to be out for a month and um, I am, you know, and then you're going to do PT and stuff like that, that is going to go in one ear and out the other. If you say, okay, you know, and of course, yeah. like I'm better at doing this with jujitsu than I am other sports because I know jujitsu better, <laughs> but I'm often like, well, let's see mm-hmm. what we can do. Okay, well, let's say you can drill, just avoid these positions, avoid, you know, like sparring, that sort of thing, but kind of really give an athlete, and in the, like I said, this goes for any athlete, but, you know, like I said, for jiu-jitsu, I know, give an athlete something that they can still do, <laughs> and I think then you're kind of working with them. Yeah, if you... Activity yeah, so giving them a little activity bit of modification activity makes, modification. It, it makes a big deal because I think, especially in this population, you know, because, you know, wrapped up in jujitsu and I just do jujitsu. I think that's what you just do. Right. But there is a big component of the jujitsu population. that's also kind of MMA and stuff like that. And of course, that's an even mm-hmm. higher injury risk. And those guys, you know, they're getting beat up 
and they'll do anything to stay out there. And it's like, they're like, well, I'm getting beat up anyway. Like, why should I stop? Kind of thing. You know, um, injuries is kind of considered part of the thing. So I think like you got to meet them halfway and maybe it wouldn't be ideal. Maybe like ideally Mm. things would get better quicker if they just took a rest and did the rehab and stuff like that. But knowing that they're not going to do that, giving them like activity modifications that allow them to still train as well as doing the PT, you know, I think then that goes over a little bit better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't acknowledge that, um, I've seen too many patients that have come in and they're like, the doctor just told me, just don't do it. Because a lot of doctors, they hear jujitsu, and first of all, they don't know the difference between like karate and jujitsu, you know, which couldn't be diff- more different, but as you know, but yeah. like they just say, well, just yeah. don't do it. Or, you know, I had one doctor who's a good doctor and who's well meaning, but like had a patient and just told them, well, just do Tai Chi. Can you imagine a, like a jujitsu person? Oh, well, I'm not doing jujitsu anymore. I'm just going to do Tai Chi. There's nothing wrong with Tai Chi. It's a great exercise. I'm not faulting it. It's good about form and all that stuff. But that's not a substitute for jujitsu. And you know what I mean? And so that kind of thing is like, is, you know, and I understand most doctors aren't going to understand martial arts, just like I don't understand other sports, right? I understand martial arts because I've done martial arts. But Mm -hmm. like, Trying to meet them halfway, but, uh, you know, and like I said, it goes for any sport. Okay, well, what's your sport? What do you guys do? What are the functional movements that you need? What could you do to stay in the sport while we rehab you through this injury, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a, a great yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, a, a great point because find some, comes into like special position. Find some, find some, find a position. Find some, find a position. Yeah. 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 So you can model. Yeah. I always find it funny because, of course, once again, not everybody knows what I do. A lot of people from my gym, of course, will come to see me because they get injured and then they come in. They know that who I am. But every once in a while, I'll get a person who comes in. I got this guy, you know, a guy who comes in. They're like, well, I was doing this. Well, you know, they try to say wrestling because they think I won't know what jujitsu is. And they don't want to say martial art because they think then people will think they're doing like kata. And, yeah. and they'll be like, and I, and I got yeah, injured. Yeah. And the funniest thing is that look at their face when I say, oh, so you were in a triangle and the guy pulled on your neck or something. It's like, they're like, you understand. <laughs> you know, the light goes <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, you, know, you know, it's like, you know, they'll be like, oh, do you know anything about, yeah. The one guy, he was like, well, do you know anything about like judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I was like, well, I'm a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so I know a little bit, you know, but, but it's just funny, their faces, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, so it actually understands me, it's like, you know, and I, I know that a lot, and Joe, like, when I'm, like, sending people to PT and stuff, oftentimes I'll try to connect them with a PT that maybe shares the interest in their sport, you know, because I find that works so well, you know, like, if I send... Because uh, I know oh, totally. uh, with you guys, you have a lot, you know, some CrossFit people and the, the jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. And it's like if I if I can match you with someone who has the same passion, like when you, when, you know, 
I try to treat all patients well. Of course, I, you know, I, I try to be fair with everyone. But of course, I have a special place in my heart when someone comes in with a jujitsu patient because I, you know, I, 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 you know, feel like a strong sense of connection to the jujitsu community. You know. Mm-hmm. Same, absolutely. Same, absolutely. Thanks for that. I think we'll right, so, wrap this up now. Thanks for that. I think we'll, we'll wrap this up now. No, I would just say thanks for having me, Joe, and I hope this was helpful. And if anyone has any questions or needs to be evaluated, uh, obviously uh, give give me or the office a call, and we'll do our best to help you out. Awesome. Thanks, Dr. Schiffer.